0: Welcome to episode 50 of How About Them Huskies, the Big 5-0. I'm Connor. I'm joined by Andrew. And a couple nights ago, UConn picked up a huge win against North Carolina, a top 10 win at the Garden, 87-76. to There's a lot to talk about from this game, a lot of different directions we could go. But what's your, Andrew, what's your initial reaction after that big win? Well, it's
1: exactly what we needed. You know, obviously, we didn't play somebody like Arizona, who's now the number one team in the country. But... UNC I believe what were they 10 I believe nine. They were- nine so they were in the top 10 so it was a top 10 matchup but it's exactly what we needed you know back at our second home well, third home technically but back at store south in front of our real fans not saying that the fans weren't represented well in Kansas because they were but just beating a really good team in front of our crowd is just exactly what we need I mean we beat them very nicely you know we didn't we didn't edge anything out. It was just all around great team win. I think everybody played fantastic.
0: Yeah, everyone across the board, I agree, played well, but especially a guy, Cam Spencer, who previous game against Kansas had like two bad feet. I didn't even know if yeah. he'd suit up for this one. He had, what, 23 points? He was huge down the stretch, even in the first half mostly, not as much down the stretch, I should say. That was another guy we'll get to. But 16 points in the first half. He, hit, he went three for nine from three, which he missed a few, but – if he scores 23 points, I'm fine with that. And he also got a little feisty. There's some action. Oh, yeah. Late late in the first half, early in the second half. Him and Baycott were going at it. And if I'm Spencer, I wouldn't really go at a guy that's, what, 6'10", 6'11", center, fifth-year guy. <laughs> but he did, and it got chippy. Baycott had a huge put-back put back dunk over Samson off a missed free throw and kind of showboated. He got a tech late in the first half. And then Cam hit a three in Baycott's face and had some words coming down. He got a tech, which he does not seem like the type of guy I would think to get a technical foul, especially in an environment like that. But he did, but he played his heart out. He had seven rebounds, six assists, overall a massive game from Cam, even despite the technical, which he said, it's his first one of his college career, which I can certainly believe.
1: Well, I saw that Hurley said he gets a bunch of them in practice, which I don't know if I quite believe that, but I think the the heat of the moment just kind of got to him, you know, a lot of people in the heat of the moment gets some and may do things that they don't necessarily mean to do. But, yeah, I would have to say Spencer is one of the last guys. Besides, I'll say Andrew Hurley on this team to get a tech. He is the last guy I would have ever thought to, to get a tech just because of the way he plays, the way he is. But I thought it was really cool to see him fired up like that because he he also as much as we needed this back bounce back game he really needed it and I'm I'm happy he suited up because I don't think he was quite hurt I think I think it was the shoes honestly I that's what I believe at this point
0: yeah he did joke that he's not blaming the shoes but it could easily have been that turf toe I believe is what I saw the official diagnosis was from someone but yeah he, he played his heart out at the garden I mean what more can you expect he every game except for that Kansas game where he really struggled. He's been one of our best players on the floor, which I don't know if I expected that headed into the season, but I mentioned he went off in the first half. He had 16 points. The second half was all about a guy, Alex Caravan. He finished with 18, nine and five, which I I assume that's one of his first five assist games. He's not a guy you expect to be, to have that many in that department, but he struggled shooting. We'll talk about that, but, down the stretch, he was making plays down low. He had a big dunk cling and found him. He really stepped it up. At the half at halftime, I was thinking, what is he shouldn't even be out there if he's not making his threes. Why is obviously we don't have we're not very deep in his position, but at halftime, I was like, we gotta fix this guy. And he got fixed, even if he shot two for nine from three. Well, there are a couple of things in this game where I feel like the
1: the moment in the crowd got to them a little bit in a negative way. You know, the threes just jacking them up was just pointless. I mean, that's what was kind of frustrating me was when people would just jack up a three for no reason. I mean, work, you're not down by any. Like, you don't need those three points. Like, work for a good shot. But the other thing was, oh, my God, we were acting like we were the 2014 L.A. Clippers lobbying everything. Guys, just finish the layup, for heaven's sake. We probably could have scored 95 points if we didn't lob everything. You know, so it's just it's just little things like that. They didn't lose us the game, but still, it was just interesting to see all the lobs. Like, I was literally watching the game, texting my dad, and he literally t- told us, me and my brother, that this lob shit needs to stop. Because it did. I mean, they wasted so many opportunities for wide-open layups to try to make a cool play. And, I mean, didn't hurt us in any way. But I did think it was kind of funny at the same time.
0: Yeah, it felt like when they started that press in the second half, they were almost daring us, hey, break this and take the two-on-one. And we got it, like, three or four times. And I don't think we converted a two-on-one once. Just silly plays. Even some lobs that weren't bad. But, like, I remember one to Klingon. he, like, it was too deep down. He, like, couldn't catch it and land it. And obviously some lobs just out of bounds. That was – it was a little sloppy. I mean, I get I don't want to say credit their press because every single time we got Piet, but I mean it's just a great win overall. The Tar Heels fans actually really represented at the garden. That's I'm not too surprised they're of a great fan base. It was they were probably honestly, I don't there's no way to tell. It was probably sixty percent Tar Heels fans forty Yukon, even though wow. Huskies store south. Yeah, Carolina travels well, especially in the New York era area. But yeah, we talked about Cam. We talked about Caravan, another guy who really, and as of the day of recording, the birthday boy, solo ball. He really impressed in that second half. He had three threes in the second half alone. He had four, 13 points. He had a couple of drives into the paint where he kind of just like went into the middle and just pulled up and hit the shot. I was like, is that a thing now? Can he do more than just stand and shoot? I mean, if he can drive, that's huge for this team. I mean – Obviously, we'll get the castle after, but Castle came back. so he probably won't be a starter much longer solo, but he really he's really impressed. I feel like these past seven or eight games he started and he's certainly really impressed last night.
1: He said, you know what, screw it. this is gonna be one of my last starts. I'm just gonna decide to go off tonight and he really he showed that he is so much more than just a shooter. I mean, he's only six foot three, but he's so aggressive and so built that he can just take it to the lane. he's honestly, in my opinion, a shorter version of Castle. Like Luke Murray, Kamani Young said that Castle is the strongest player on this team in every aspect. I think solo ball is up there too. But when I would watch him play last year, the high school offense that he he was in was nothing like the UConn offense right now. And I actually think he's going to be our starting point guard next year because I just really like when he brings up the ball. I really like what he does off the dribble. So he, it's just great to see him have a night like that but now that castle's back knowing that you have a guy who can replace Newton castle off the bench whenever you need him to is really really great to know but i'm really happy for solo that he finally got his game because he deserves it the kid works hard talented player really great guy so happy he finally had his night
0: yeah definitely you mentioned Newton's gone castle we assume isn't one and done Diara, I believe he has an option for a COVID year. We don't know if he'll take it. We're not going to assume. Well, we assume he doesn't. I feel like that's the way you have to look at it. And we're bringing in a guy, Ahmad Noel, as a freshman point guard. But besides that, there's not a lot of depth in the backcourt. I mean, Jaden Ross isn't really a guard. Isaiah Abraham coming in, he's not really a guard. They're like both wings. There's going to be a lot of minutes to be had for ball handlers. I assume we'll bring in a transfer or two because there's a need there. But, yeah, solo definitely has impressed and we mentioned castle he only played 10 minutes he looked solid out there i i we obviously knew he was going to have the minutes restriction he had a nice bucket a nice little catch it in the mid-range fake drive to the hoop i feel like that's going to be one of his signature moves we saw it in the first two games and obviously he did it here i don't know how long this uh seasoning into play whatever whatever term you want to use is going to take obviously our next game arkansas pine bluff i don't know if he'll play 20 minutes one. in that game. Yeah, definitely. We'll we'll get to that at the end. Don't worry. But maybe he'll play 20 minutes and then by Gonzaga in eight days, he'll be up to full strength. But I just feel like getting him back with the group we already have and seeing how close we were against Kansas without him and without Cam pretty much. It's just the ceiling for this team is maybe even higher than last year's. I, I feel like that's certainly a stretch to say because they won the title But just everyone knows their role. You could argue Cam is just as important, if not more, than Jordan Hawkins. That's another hot take. But I feel like Cam almost – they do the same thing. They're great shooters, spot-up guys. But Cam almost does more than shoot, which that's no disrespect to Hawk at all. But I feel like Cam was really not undervalued. we I feel like we all said he's not Hawkins. He's not Joey. He's right in the middle. He's certainly a lot more closer to Hawkins now that we've seen him for nine games but I feel like this team certainly has the tools to repeat, especially it's looking like another year where there's only five or six teams that have the capability to win it all. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I'm I'm still going to say with my take that this year, I like our bench better than last year. I mean, I don't think we need a rotation of 10 or 11 guys to win a national championship. I think we have the perfect number right here with our starting five and eight, maybe nine guys off the bench. But, because in that Kansas game, I think literally the only two people that came off the bench were Samson and Dr if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, we almost won that game. So it just proves that you really only need seven or eight guys to, to win a championship. But, yeah, with Cam, it's a weird, like, comparison for him because he's – obviously, Hawk is better because he was a lottery pick and he's averaging over 13 points. But he's also not Joey who just – spot spot of shooter so it's it's a really weird comparison it's like you can't make a comparison for him but i'm still just thanking hurley for getting him every day because this team is not as good without him but i do agree that we have the the tools to win a national championship again honestly we do
0: yeah we men- we mentioned cam the carolina fans were not the biggest oh, fans of cam them. spencer I saw on social media. There's this like they're comparing him to Grayson Allen of Duke. If you don't know Grayson Allen, he's one of the more dirtier players in the history of college that's the basketball. Most ridiculous
1: t- take I've ever seen. By it the
0: way. is it is ridiculous, but if if you put yourself in the shoes of a North Carolina fan who has never seen this white shooter, I don't want to. I hate using that term, but that's pretty much what he is. You always yeah. equate guys like that with Duke and you see, oh, this is the first time we're seeing him. He's good and he's talking trash to our best player, showing him up. We, we're going to hate this guy. So I don't really, I don't blame them. But I mean, if they watch a the second game of Cam Spencer, they're going to think he's the quiet guy who just casually gets 18 points in five or six assists. I mean... That was I feel like that's a one-night show by him and I love it. I I I remember we all saw the GIF. I posted it on my Instagram of him going nuts. I was at the garden watching, I saw him do that, and I was just praying the cameras caught it and they didn't go to commercial by then. But obviously they did. But that's something that really surprised me. He was absolutely hyped up.
1: Yeah, all throughout that game, uh one of my best friends who I know is watching this. Shout-out to you, Brennan, even though you guys lost. But he was texting me, like, who is this Spencer guy and why is he acting all tough? He doesn't look tough. He doesn't seem tough. Like, just, like, the way you look at him, you would absolutely think that he's just that guy that shoots. You know, you look at a guy like Klingon, really big guy, he looks intimidating. You know, even you look at a guy like Solo Castle, they look intimidating. But a guy like – even Caraban is starting to look like that. But a guy like Spencer –
0: You just know that he's
1: going to be the shooter. He's like I said earlier. He's the last guy I would ever expect to do that.
0: You say he doesn't look intimidating. Obviously, he switched the shoes. He went the white socks (laughs) with the black, the black (laughs) shoes. I saw these tweets out there. It's like Spencer's. He's dressed like he was on his way to the men's league at the YMCA and got lost, and is now playing at MSG. (laughs) But I mean, if he puts up twenty three points, he can wear clown shoes for all I care. But. A couple more points from this Carolina game. We haven't really mentioned the name Tristan Newton, who had one of his worst games of the year with 14, 5, and 5, which is if he did that last year, he'd be throwing a parade. So he's still one (laughs) of the best players in the conference. I feel like the Big East, arguably one of the best players in college basketball. So him having 14 and us comfortably winning, I'm fine with that. Who else have we really haven't really touched about on Klingon. He kind of didn't have his – Best effort again against one of the better centers in Baycott. He kind of struggled with Dickinson as well. I feel like he's still not 100%. Obviously, he's not. He was was questionable going into the game with a toe injury. I don't think it's crazy to give him a week off and say, We don't need you against Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I mean, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it'll happen because that's just not how Hurley rolls. But I wouldn't be opposed to him just sitting or just playing a couple of minutes. There's no reason. To, what if he aggravates whatever injury he has trying to guard a six-six center that plays for the Pine Bluff? I mean, it, it's just it makes sense to rest him. It's also a tough spot where you you're making him play three straight games against top ten teams if you do that. Which it it's a it's like I said a tough spot. He won't end up sitting. If he does, I'd be surprised. If he does, it's because he's more injured than he is now. I don't think they'll play him through that game just to sit him against the bad opponent. But yeah, he was, he hasn't looked great against these top competitions. Obviously he's, he's been great defensively. Don't get me wrong. I feel like a lot of people overlook how good of a defender he is. He had that one block early in the game on Baycott. I feel like people just look at the box score and see he had eight points. Why is this guy going to be a top 15 pick in the NBA draft if he has eight points and four rebounds as a center, but he does a lot more than, what the box score shows and he's going to be huge for us, especially when he gets a hundred percent, which I hope is soon. And I think it will be soon.
1: And this is something I really have been wanting to touch on because I've seen way too, I'm not, I'm going to try to not talk about this for too long, but I do want to make a couple of points because I have, I've seen too many like things about how he's not the real deal because he dominates these non-con six, 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 eight centers, but he can't go against the real guys. Now, let me remind you for, I'll, I'll use last night. these. As an example, Joel Embiid, one of the most dominant centers in the league, went for 50 points last night. Against two The Washington Wizards. I couldn't even name you their center. I mean, when he goes against a team like Boston with Chris Porzingis, and Al Horford, completely different. So no, clinging does not suck. Yes, he is ready for the NBA, but Dickinson and Baycott are good too. But if you notice people don't get a lot of points in those games. Dickinson's is not going to get 30 against Klingon and Klingon's is not going to get 30 against him. It's just with him, it's just holding his own, which he has done both times. You know, Baycott didn't score 40 points on him. Neither did Dickinson. I mean, half of Dickinson's points were three points, which isn't Klingon's fault. So he, I've just, there's a narrative being pushed with him that I really don't like at all. He's a hundred percent ready for the NBA. He's a very, very talented player. And I, I have to agree with the, the resting him for Arkansas Pine Bluff. I mean, we don't need him. We're going to win by like 60. Let Samson get the run and then let Yusuf come off the bench to see what he can do because I am still curious what he can do because there's a world where he might end up getting a lot of minutes next year if Klingon does leave. So I just I, – I think he should rest him no matter what. I agree with you, though. Hurley's not the type of guy to do that. He'll say suck it up, get in there and drop 40 points against a team that has zero notable players. So I, I don't think he will, but I I think he should rest him. But that's coach's decision, not ours.
0: Yeah, you say 40 points. I, he's not going to score 40, but I agree. If he's in there, if he's only going to play 15 minutes, give him 15 touches. Like, obviously, we saw that in the opener against NAU. Every time he was in there, he had the ball. Do that. Kind of treat that like this game. See, okay, he's in there. We're going to give him the ball, and – we're not going to have him just be running up and down on his toe for no reason. But you also mentioned Yusuf. He got into the game in the first half. I'm not really. It's an unfortunate situation that both Samson and Donovan had two fouls, and he didn't want one of them to pick up a silly third in the last possession. But he got in there. He got to take his, his warm-up shirt off. He'll be a factor at some point, obviously. Kind of like Samson his freshman year. There's not room right now he's not going to play over either of our two bigs and he can't really play next to either of our two bigs. So I hope he sticks it out. I, maybe he sees Samson sees Samson as a junior playing significant minutes for the first time. <sighs> maybe he sees that and says, Oh, maybe if I wait a year or two, this will be me, but I think we're just about ready to move on. We could talk about Carolina for a brief second. I mean, you mentioned Baycott, he had 13 and 13, Five assists as well, but he was really shut down in the second half. He had most of those points, I believe, all but two in the first half. So we did a good job on him down the stretch. R.J. Davis is a guy we said to yes. watch for. He kept them in it. He had 26 points. He, just, he had that one sequence where he hit the three, and then they really put on the press, and we didn't have a great group to break it at the time. He just stole and laid it in. That was a five-point play. It cut it from 10 to five. Hurley calls a timeout and Carolina fans go nuts, which that is really the only point. I felt like no way they slip up here and lose this game. I was in I had the mindset if if they ever lost the lead, even if it was with like eight minutes left, I didn't think they were gonna win. But they held the lead for what 34 minutes out of the 40. So that obviously didn't happen. But yeah, RJ Davis had a great game. Harrison Ingram's a guy who played pretty much the whole time. He torched us as well. He had Some he he had some tempers, tempers flare with Cam. They wasn't really as like they didn't stop play for it, but he was up in his face a little bit too. He had 20 points, he had a three at the buzzer at the first half. But besides that, not much going on for the Tar Heels. I mean, Cormac Ryan's a guy who's their best shooter. He went over six and three. That's kind of like us having Cam go over six and three. So obviously, we kind of caught them on a bad night. Not saying if they were better, they would have beat us, but. Overall, very, very solid win. You got any last thoughts before we move on to this thriller on Saturday?
1: Yeah, a couple. I mean, RJ Davis, if you want to come to UConn, feel free. I mean, he is insane. Like, I was just watching him. I would love to have him on our team. But other than that, I mean, it kind of looked like, honestly, UNC looked like us against Kansas, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, their best shooter had a tough night. Also happened to us. Their best – their center had a tough night. Same deal with Klingon. Their guard had a fantastic game with Davis in 26. Same thing with Newton. So, I mean, you can see the similarities, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I also feel like – we're kind of – I'm talking more about Carolina here because I I feel like there's no hate really from UConn fans to Carolina. Like there is Duke, Kentucky, maybe even now Kansas after that game. But – R.J. Davis is a guy, obviously we all know him, Caleb Love was there for a few years. They did not, they had awful chemistry. They would, they took shots from each other. There was no real ball distribution and Love obviously transferred to Arizona, who's number one now, but this is letting him, R.J. Davis really, they gave him the keys and he's balling out. He's probably going to be an All-American and I'm pretty sure he's a senior. So maybe he can use his COVID year at UConn. I mean, imagine that, but. I don't think he'll be a husky, but definitely a type of guy you want, a guy that you give him the ball, you know he's getting the bucket. All right. Now we can move on. Talk a little bit about the game on Saturday, the final real cupcake game, not counting the two against DePaul. Um <laughs> Yeah, I had to get that in there. They're one in seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. It, it used mean, to be George. He's gonna get fired. But,
0: yeah. Oh no matter how awful your roster is, you can't be 1-7 before conference play. They're Yeah. Like I said, it used to be Georgetown. They're still not amazing either, but they'll put up fights. They put up fights I against the games last year. They yeah, got robbed. Yeah, that game against TCU you're Gosh. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. When Emmanuel Miller clearly stepped out of bounds and hit a crazy a game three. Yeah, but – how it is sometimes i say that they should definitely be able to review that and turn it and overturn it but sometimes that is what it is but let's focus on arkansas pine bluff the last real cupcake they played gonzaga who obviously we're playing they played gonzaga in their last team they scored 71 but they allowed 111 so they lost by 40 but i don't know much about them i honestly don't care to learn much about them sometimes i do for these non-conference games like sure i'll look up the best guys on manhattan that that might be interesting, but we're gonna win this game. I I feel like it's a matter of how we win and who stars. And there's more questions in that regards than how the game will will play out. Like how much will Castle play? How much will Klingon play? How much will other guys play? But what do you think? I, I, that's a I was gonna ask you the keys to winning. Obviously, that's a dumb question to ask. I'll just we'll just jump to players to watch. I I honestly think it is something. I got nothing. Who's who's your player to watch for this one? I mean, this kind of reminds
1: me of a, a Grambling State type of game, like just a school that you've never heard of, and you have no idea anything about them. But we should kill them. But my player of the game for this one, oh, boy. hmm, I'm going to go with Solo again. I think he gets his final start here. I think Castle is going to be all healed up by the time the Gonzaga game rolls around. And I think solo is going to have one more fantastic, not going to not saying he's not going to have any more good games, but I think he's going to have one more really good afternoon because it is a 12 PM game, but I think he's going to have one last great afternoon for a start knock on wood here that nobody else gets hurt. But I think, I think solo is going to, going to have his, his one last start against Arkansas Pine Bluff and he's going to take care of business.
0: Yeah. I I just pulled up, their ESPN page cuz I feel like I'm doing you guys a disservice if I don't have any information that's not the point of this pod. They scored 86 points against Oklahoma who's ranked in the top 20. Wow. So they they can they still lost 107 to 86. Looks like they play zero defense. Yeah, but they can certainly score it. I mean, they got let's I'll we'll do this live here. I'll look at their top scorers. Hey, who's their tallest
1: guy, I wonder?
0: Hold on. Uh well, they got two guys, they got three guys averaging 16 and a half points per game or more. Kylan Milton's averaging over 20. Rashad Williams averaging 18. Joe French averaging 16 and a half. Those are all guards. Let's see. the Their top big guy. Whoa. I clicked on a guy who was listed as a forward, and he's 6'4". Uh, uh, let, let, me, let me see who their starting lineup versus Gonzaga, who their center was, or who their tallest player was. High was.
1: school basketball? Good
0: Lord. Oh, they, they have a 6'8", dude. They're, they're all right. I there thought – I was worried they were starting a 6'4", guy. Can but work. it looks like the 6'4", guy is like the only other listed forward who played versus Gonzaga. I'm not checking the heights of all the guards. Maybe there's a guard who's 6'5", or 6'6", in there. But they're another really small team. And I forgot, we're doing players to watch. I was a little distracted. I'm going Alex Caravan just because I want to see how he – builds off that second half he had obviously the threes were not falling for him he took a career high I looked this up because I was like there's no way he's taken 17 shots in a game before a career high in field goal attempts both regular shots and threes he had never taken nine threes in a game I think he's gonna have a big one even he's another guy who's a little banged up I feel like still his hand he's his hand's been taped for a while kind of corresponds with when he's been struggling shooting so I don't think he's 100 percent there but He's a guy, I feel like he's going to have a bounce back, and maybe knock down three or four threes. He's been huge for us this year, scoring. It's a, It's Obviously, we know he can score He average almost. I don't know if it was doubles last year, as close to it, if not. But, yeah, I think he's going to certainly bounce back against Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions of Arkansas Pine Bluff.
1: You know, I was just looking at their website. They've got a whole countdown and game guide for this game,
0: like a day and Ooh.
1: eight hours or something like that. Till the game, and they're, like, ready. <laughs> They've got the whole where it is, location, time, channel, they're on, everything.
0: They're on top so, of it. Yeah. Also, they they made 15 threes out of their 19 shots Jesus. made. So, it's another reason Donovan, they're not going to drive into Donovan. So, what's the point of having them out there? But Exactly. It's going to be a great game. If the Huskies lose this game, you can blame this podcast. This would be... Yep. The worst loss I think in program history if they were to drop it, they're the line's not gonna be out yet. They're probably be what, what was Gonzaga? Let's see if I can see what they were favored by. Uh, I'm just another live little Was Gonzaga we like, favored 30. by th- 33 and a half. Yeah, I feel like we'll be closer to like 36, which that's a lot of points. I wouldn't take that, but yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be a good game, a good game for some guys to get some numbers up before the real tough stretch comes. But, yeah, if you got nothing else, I think that'll do it here. Unless you got something. Anything? No, I don't. I mean,
1: I'm just ready to get all these cupcake games out of the way and get to the, the real stuff.
0: Yeah, I can't believe stuff. it's almost
1: already conference play, though. Holy crap, is it already flown by?
0: Yeah, it's – it felt like we were just talking about NAU because it really only was, what, a month ago, like 32 days ago, whatever it was. But, yeah, it flies by. Should play year-round. <laughs> year. Why not? I mean, I don't have any problems with that. I'm sure some people would, maybe the people playing. But <laughs> I think that will do it here, episode 50, the big five 0 We've made it a long way. It's a pod, even though there's only two of us here today, the other others couldn't make it. We appreciate all you listening. I didn't, I didn't know we'd get to 50 episodes. I didn't know we'd get to two episodes doing this, but thanks for all your support and look for another episode after the arkansas Bluff game before Gonzaga, but mostly focusing on a preview of what has a chance to be a top five matchup out in Seattle. Thanks for watching.